Welcome to This Endorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. I'm Nick Gunning, and we're following the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi to the Ewok TV movies and the 80s cartoon and maybe beyond. If we're if we're feeling really up to it, Steve, we might we might go the distance. What do yes. you think? I think so. Okay. I definitely right. think so. All right. I like that. Today, we have a special guest star, Sally Jacoby Murphy. Sally, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I, I bet you are. Sally's a regular contributor to, to have you. the All the yeah. Book Show and How's Things. So Sally and I have done a lot of podcasts together over the years, mostly Halloween-based, but every once in a while, we diverge as we are today. Yes. Although I'm a little bit nervous, I gotta say, like, this is a bit new for me. Oh, I'm okay. a Star Wars fan, but like, will I like stack up to this oh i see, we'll see. <laughs> okay yeah well we're <laughs> we've set up pretty, pretty relaxed high here. bar i mean it's an enjoying life you know come on <laughs> all right sally well so you already mentioned it you're a star wars fan and i i mean i've known you a long time at this point i've seen many a leia hairstyle that you managed to pull off just in the real world uh, I've definitely seen you cosplay Star Wars. I remember you going to a Star Wars themed baseball game dressed as Leia. So I know that Star Wars is in your blood. But for the listeners, take us through a little bit of your Star Wars history. Where did it begin? Well, it began with my neighbor bringing over the classic three packs uh, VHS oh, yeah. uh, tape set yes. when I was maybe like eight years old. So I feel like I kind of got a late start to Star Wars. Okay. And I just like, I fell in love with it. And my favorite scene originally was the scene where they go into like the giant worm planet. Yes. Where they get swallowed by it. Uh, but I mean, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was my favorite for a long time. But the Ewok Village soon became my favorite. Um, oh. Mostly because I'm a huge Leia fan, and I actually heard my shout-out on the, on the first podcast there, where I just thought, that's the coolest Leia outfit. It's the coolest look. It's it the is coolest good. hair. Yeah. Lots of good Ewok interaction. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. And mm-hmm. then I have my little, when Carrie Fisher died, I was going through a rough time, so I have a little rebel symbol tattooed on my oh, finger. Yeah. Just to remind me that you always want to be a part of the rebellion so oh yeah i, I remember you know. going to like a vaguely <laughs> carrie fisher themed birthday party for you shortly after she passed do you remember that she died the day before my birthday yeah. and my wife was throwing me a oh, a merry scary birthday because my birthday's near christmas and yeah. i love halloween and then carrie fisher died so it turned into the merry scary carrie birthday yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot. I mean, the That's rhyming, good. the rhyming alone. That's How could clever. you pass that up? Had you seen these Ewoks cartoons or the Ewoks movies like before we asked you to do this? Nope. This was my first, first foyer into that. I mean, I knew they existed, but like had never seen them, never watched any of the movies. So this is totally new to me. Okay. And so, to this good. point, you <laughs> still, you've not seen the movies and you've only seen just this one episode that we're talking about today. I watched the first and second episode oh. <laughs> just because oh, I good, yeah. I was hoping there'd be more backstory in the mm. first one, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Bad news. <laughs> but it really just drops you in there, so, but I'm game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, four-year-olds usually don't need that backstory. Right, you know? like, right. Hmm, is this cartoon compelling? You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, that's right. All right, Steve, what's on the docket for today? Today we are starting Season 1, Episode 2, The Haunted Village. This episode originally aired on television September 14th, 1985. Mm. Nick, would you please bring us through the cast and crew? I would love to. First of all, this episode was compiled along with three others to make the feature-length story on DVD. It was known as The Haunted Village, and on VHS it was released as Morag's Revenge, which is a much better title, I think. Oh, yeah. And especially today, the village doesn't really feel haunted, does it? 
No. Mm, there's one spot, and then that's really it. Yeah. And it's. Yeah. And yeah, we'll we'll come to it in the synopsis. You'll see why it's like here, and then just goes. Yep. And that's <laughs> it. Once again, this episode was written by Paul Dini. So Paul Dini is still still a huge name in animations and a lot of a lot of great things so this was an early early script yeah. for paul dini here nice to see that he continued on uh, of course batman the animated series that's the one everybody thinks of uh it was directed as all first season episodes were by ken stevenson and raymond de felice uh most of our cast is returning here today but i want to highlight one in particular today and that's going to be Cree summer who voices nisa she's in all 13 episodes of the first season she also voices Princess Garen in Star Wars Droids. So I didn't see a lot of crossover between the two shows, but she actually is in oh. both. So that's interesting. If you look at her IMDb page, it's really hard to choose like which one to talk about because she has been in pretty much yeah. every cartoon. Like if you have watched a cartoon since like 1980, you have definitely heard Cree Summer. Uh, she was yeah. Penny in the original Inspector Gadget and goes right up to uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation, which is on Netflix right now. And she also voices Catwoman and Queen Hippolyta in the DC Superhero Girls series. She voiced Queen Hippolyta on a more serious version of that character in the film Wonder Woman Bloodlines. But this is really, literally, the tip of the iceberg of her career because everything, everything she's been in. So you'll definitely hear Cree Summer again in the series. And anytime a cartoon is playing, she's probably going to pop up somewhere. That's crazy because I've seen both the uh, superhero girls and the bloodlines, yeah. and, and not one time was I like, "Oh, that's the same voice," because they're two completely different yeah, shows. I know. I know. My girls love superhero. Uh, the superhero girls. Oh yeah, they love it. So. Yeah. All right, Steve. Th Sally, this is gonna, this is going to blow your mind because Steve's plot synopses for these twenty-minute episodes <laughs> are like the great American <laughs> novel. They're getting longer. Although right. I did not realize you wrote these, so like kudos to you for that. Oh yeah, yeah. this is me like <laughs> cracking my knuckles. Well, it's like, funny because we we got some comments on Twitter that were like, "The synopsis makes these sound good, but they're not good." <laughs> <laughs> they're very detailed synopsis, yeah. but like in a good way. Right? You're adding yeah. All the right yeah. Things. It's like. I want to see that. And then you're like, oh. Exactly. I hear your <laughs> synopsis better. and I'm like, I want to watch that show rather than the one we did. But <laughs> but without further ado, Steve, take us in. Let's go through it. All right. Season one, episode two, The Haunted Village. This episode delightfully opens to Wicket chasing Nisa down a path and into a chute that delivers them both onto a Sunbury Grove. Before they can pick them, however, a giant flying animal grabs the trees that Nisa and Wicket land on. When one of the trees is ripped out of the ground, a root entangles Nisa's leg, pulling her into the air. Thinking fast, Wicket leaps off a nearby tree and is able to grab onto Nisa. The extra weight breaks the tangled root, and they fall back safely into the trees again. Both Ewoks agree to head straight back to the village and warn them. When they get to the village, they hear a sound similar to the giant flying animal that just attacked them. They then realize the sound is coming from Logray's hut and run to investigate. A large magical top is spinning on a table. The top projects an image of Morag collaborating with the large flying animal to destroy all the sunberry trees. The young ones tell the elder Ewoks that it's the very same animal that just attacked them. Chief Chirpa tells him it's called the Mantigrew, a flying slave of Logre's old enemy, Morag. 
Logre tells them of times past when the Mantigrew attacked the sunberry trees, the fruit of which is an important element in the keeping the Ewoks healthy. He fears Morag sends the beast to plague them once again. All agree they must defeat the Mantigrew, but not by usual means. Logre has a plan. Logre demonstrates the use of a special soap that when applied causes anything to disappear. It is made from the rare shadow root plant. Once washed with clean water, the once visible item will reappear. The plan is to apply the soap to all of the sunberry trees in order to hide them. Before they can start, Aunt Bozzy tells Wicket he needs to look after the walklings and bathe them in the river. While teasing Wicket about not being an adult, Tebow slaps Paplu on the head with a soapy mop, causing his face to disappear, and they both run off angry. Next, we see three Dulocs, one of which is the Duloc Shaman, rooting through a hollow tree trunk, searching for bug potion ingredients. They begin to harass each other when they discover Wicket, Nisa, and Wokling washed in the river. The Dulocs see the bathing soap the Ewoks are using and want it because they believe it will keep the bugs away from them. Before they can steal some, the bush they are hiding in comes alive and scares them off. It appears to be some sort of a giant sleepy hippo, but the Dulocs don't stick around to find out. Back at the Duloc camp, the Duloc shaman exaggerates the story of why they failed at retrieving any soap. The Duloc chieftain is angry that the Ewoks won't share the soap, so they declare they intend to steal some. Back at the Sunberry Grove, Wicket accidentally runs into an invisible sunberry tree. Logray tells him the trees aren't gone, but are merely invisible, and Wicket agrees the soap is amazing. Believing all the trees are taken care of, Wicket reminds Logray of the other sunberry trees down by the river. Volunteering to coat the trees with invisible soap, Logray allows them to do the job. Meanwhile, back at the Ewok village, two Dulocs manage to climb up into a hut and begin searching for soap. Based on the contents of the hut, various ingredients and potions, we find out it's Logray's hut. They quickly find soap, which they think is regular soap, but will soon find out it's the invisible kind. Back at their camp, the Dulocs begin washing and accidentally make each other invisible. After freaking out, they find out that clean water reverses the magic. They quickly scheme to infiltrate the Ewok village by using this magical soap. Down by the river, Wicket and friends are doing well at concealing the remaining sunberry trees when they hear suspicious laughing coming from the nearby woods. Upon inspection, they see nothing but hear many voices. Confused, they return to the Walklings to find they accidentally coated themselves in the rest of the magic soap, even though the job is not done. Back at the Ewok village, the invisible Dulocs begin creating chaos, eating pies, pushing Ewoks over. The Dulocs manage to cause a mess. Speaking in a spooky voice, the Dulocs pretend to be the tree spirits and threaten to drive away all the Ewoks. Reassuring the clan, Lower Grey reminds the Ewoks that the tree spirits have always sheltered them. Wicket and the Walklings rush into the camp and Logray is disappointed the Walklings are half invisible. Luckily, Nisa discovers Duloc tracks in the village. Logray suspects they stole his remaining magic soap bar. Wicket informs him that their soap is also gone as, gone as well and that some of the sunberry trees are still exposed. If not hidden, Logray believes the Mantigrew will destroy all the others in the forest and maybe the Ewoks as well. Back in Morag's fortress, she encourages a sleeping Mantigrew claiming 
that what comes tomorrow will be a day the Ewoks will not soon forget. The Ewoks themselves hold a council to decide what to do next about Morag, the Mantagru, and the Invisible Dulocs. The little Ewoks complain about the smelly Dulocs and all the bugs that surround them. Logray has an idea and tasks all the little Ewoks to gather all kinds of bugs. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to anyone, Morag lets loose the Mantagru into the night sky. Later, the Ewoks discover Dulocs celebrating in their camp. Wicket is given a regular bar of soap to swap out the magic soap the Dulocs currently possess. Wicket is discovered trying to replace the soap and runs away with it. All the Dulocs chase them, and a large game of keep-away ensues. Wicket manages to recover the magic soap, but is caught by the Dulocs. He cleverly pulls a fast one, and the Dulocs steal back the wrong bar of soap. When they attempt to wash themselves, Logray releases all the bugs that were collected earlier, and we find out that Logray created a soap that would actually attract bugs. The Dulocs are all driven away, realizing they had been tricked. With the Dulocs gone, the job of staving off the Mantagru is left, but the remaining soap was dissolved in a puddle. Thinking quickly again, Wicket collects the soapy water in a sack. He climbs up a tree beside the grove, pokes holes in his soapy water sack, and swings over the Sunberry Grove, coating the remaining trees with magic soap. He does this just in time as the Mantagru approaches. The Mantagru passes over the hidden grove several times until it gives up and frustratedly flies away. The Ewoks celebrate Wicket's cleverness, and Chief Chirpa declares this day a holiday. With all the excitement of the day, Wicket wonders only one thing. If an invisible sunberry tastes as good as a normal one. And it does. Roll credits. Bravo. Wow. <laughs> what what an experience. I can't wait for the four-pager. I know. Out, I know. <laughs> All right. So, Sally, what's your take on this so far? Like, these, you've got these two episodes. You watch both of them. What do you, what do you feel about this show? As a Star Wars fan, does it do anything for you? You know, as a Star Wars fan, not really. Mm. I feel like it, like I can conceptually, like I like this concept of like this is happening on this little planet that's maybe not as technologically advanced yeah. on the ground. I like that. But I think just like watching it, I don't think about that. Like mm -hmm. I just watching it, I think of just a lot of other 80s cartoons. Exactly. I think part of it yeah. is the magic element. Mm. I don't, like Star Wars isn't really magical, or at least yeah. it, the only the magic that it has it's tried to explain away with like science right. or like things yeah whereas this is just straight magic mm -hmm. but i you... enjoyed it i did enjoy oh, it oh did you okay i mean i i liked it as a kid it's uh it is weird to me like in this episode too as soon as that theme song starts it's just like what is this like it doesn't <laughs> doesn't feel like they tried to capture the star wars feeling really at all i don't know what what did you think of that theme song I mean, I loved the theme song, but I agree with you. <laughs> like, as soon as it started, I was like, okay. <laughs> so weird. My kids sing it all the time. They'll Do be, they? They'll be like I'm on the toilet, and I hear it from the bathroom. And I'm like, what? Like, they're seriously singing the Ewok song, you know? Like, I one's brushing it. their teeth, the other one's going to the bathroom. It's just it's like, so strange. Like, it just seems like, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess at the time, like, TV theme songs were big business. You know, we've talked about that. But it just seems like taking yeah. that, like, Ewok march from the movie and having that play over like fun scenes would much more like tie the two together but it, but it's a strange uh strange thought okay this is my first question 
why did they have to make this stuff into soap to begin with? Like, why why soap and not like anything else? Just liquid. Like, why do they think, ah, we'll make this into soap? That was the catalyst, you know? Like... Yes, but like, they, they make it into soap and then have to like scrub it to get it to no longer be soap. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, yeah. why did you add that step? So At the very end of the episode, it became liquid and right. they could have just done that the whole <laughs> time. Yeah, And that was just uh, that was just the get-go. This episode didn't feel unlike the first one. Mm-hmm. Because in the first one, you know, they're trying to like burn down the forest. And so they use the, the foam that they make to stop that. And this is like they're trying to take all the like they're trying to destroy the forest so they use the soap they had made that accidentally helps it it's just they feel very similar and like sally was saying before you're kind of hoping that there's going to be a little bit of like what is this show about and you don't really get it because it's just the same episode again yeah it is kind of a it's kind of a plot repeat just i guess a rinse and repeat (laughs) maybe they're like the the Ewoks are like the intergalactic Bath and Body Works of like the world. <laughs> it could be. Well, it was a very soap heavy plot. It really was. It was like they want their soap, and we'll make different soap, and we'll give them a third kind of soap. You know, like that's their. Tune like... in next time to the third episode where we vacuum the. the <laughs> exactly. It's just like <laughs> let's pump the brakes on the soap making Ewoks. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, hey, here's here's oh the thing, gosh, though, Sal. Yeah. You're mentioning the magic and that weird, like, magic mm-hmm. top that Logre has is straight out of Caravan of Courage. So, oh I, yeah, I did yep, like. That's a fun fact. I yeah. did like that connection. Mm-hmm. Morag is trying to. She's just mm. trying to like mess with the Ewoks. Like that's why she's trying to destroy their food. She's just trying to like kill them. Yeah, they say it's it's an important part of their health. So I guess they have the sunberries to. It's like their vitamin C. They got to stay regular, uh, probably. So they need those yeah. sunberries. <laughs> yes. It's just some of the scenes with Morag, you know, in the beginning where she's all like, bah, and he's got that big like bat pterodactyl monster seems like it's going to be kind of spooky. And then it just really doesn't go in a spooky direction at all. But then every yeah. time that like bat pterodactyl monster shows up, it is kind of like, oh, is this creepy? I can't tell. Yeah. Yeah. It gave me a very, like, I mean, it feels very specifically 80s to me. Oh, like, it sure. reminds me of the Black Cauldron or, mm-hmm. like, the Secret mm-hmm. of Nim or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that animation of, like, this dragon creature with this sort of, like, webbed <laughs> villain. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I dug it. But I also was like, is this, like, dark enough for her to just want to murder the Ewoks? Like, yeah. is that where this is going? Well, and it's hard to tell. Yeah. The first, I mean, the first episode, she's like, well, I'm going to burn everybody alive, you know? So... Yeah, yeah, that's what she wanted just... to do. Yeah, all because of low grade. That's yeah. like the she doesn't care who goes with. I him. know like, it's you know, just it's, it's crazy. it is a weird split. The Ewoks are just all like, "Oh, let's have mischief," and then the other half of the plot is like, "Let's commit genocide, let's kill all Ewoks." Yeah. You know, so uh, which I guess that was the eighties. <laughs> that's what yeah, Steve. That's what Steve was saying in a past episode. It's like <laughs> that's it was like that. You know, like the yep. stakes were very high, and it was just like, "Ah, kids will be fine." It was relatable back then. Yeah, that was yeah, that's true. Yeah. We're fine. We're fine. Uh, two sons. Who else noticed the two sons? You got to have two sons in a Star Wars world, right? Oh, I did not I notice did. that. I feel terrible. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was Leonard. there. Was anybody else getting a Binary. real uh, Jim Carrey's Grinch vibe from those Dulocs? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I mean, they them, but, they do yeah. look like the classic oh. Grinch, you know, from the sixties. But mm-hmm. I just thought something yep. about like the hair and and like the the gut, just everything to me was very much like the Jim Carrey one that came after. Yeah. Maybe it's meant to be like a crossover. Like this oh. is the planet the Grinch. Comes from. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Kind of like how E.T. is in the Phantom Menace or whatever. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit of crossover there. I did like that hippo peacock monster. When yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, it's like you see the hippo mouth and then like it uh it flares up the peacock thing in the back. And then when it doesn't get to eat it, it like leans on its elbow like, oh, my goodness. Uh, so yeah, was, I saw uh, that and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, my kids time. aren't going to see that. Very terrified, but okay. <laughs> very cartoony. Yeah. Was Wicked doing a different voice from episode one to episode two? Did anybody else pick up on that? Or am I just remembering the movie voice? Because he sounded different to me. He sounded like when he when the episode started, he was doing like a Nisa, Nisa, Nisa. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. From the first episode and the and um, all of the movies, yeah. But then as the story went on, as the episode went on, it did seem like he kind of lost that like little baby, you know, yeah. gritty voice. I did feel like it was just more voice. pronounced or something, and I couldn't tell if that was like from episode yeah. one to episode two, or if maybe you're right. Maybe it was just certain parts of it. Uh, I don't. I don't know. You know, I. Maybe if I would have seen this episode first, I would have liked it more than I did the other one. Like, if I'd watched it in reverse, maybe I'd feel the opposite way about them. But this, to me, really did just feel like a retread, and so I wasn't down with it. Did you guys like it? Well, it's funny that you say that, because I did watch this one first, and then I went back and watched the first one. Yeah. And I did. I mean, I liked this one better, I think. So I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. This one had the full cadre of characters, though. That's That's the other thing, too. Yeah, we did get more. I remember the first episode uh, of of the Ewoks when we talked about the Dulocs, and and I said that this show is compelling because you have the the Ewoks that are the protagonist, you have Morag, the antagonist, and then you have the Duloc guy, which is like the the in between mm-hmm. like the renegade like the like the uh, i was it, it and what reminded me was the uh power rangers mighty Morphin power rangers what was it bulk and uh uh the other his friend the skinny guy and how like they were always like bad but they never really did anything they yeah. never were successful in being right. bad so like in this in this episode they kind of do but they get into the camp just mess well, stuff up like eat pies and like push people over but like that's it. They didn't yeah. actually do anything really bad, you know? And I think that's so a just... way of preserving, like, a real bad character. Because having, like, a, a goofy, villainous sidekick, I mean, you, that's everywhere. Yeah. That's, you know, Superman the movie. With, you know, Gene Hackman being the villain and Ned Beatty being the more like, oh, Mr. Luthor. You know, like, that, that thing yeah, is just all yeah, over the, the place. Yeah, the villain. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think the reason for that is you can, you can have the villains, like slip on a banana peel or fall over without losing the menace because like you have the goofy villain yep. and you have the serious like magical witch villain and she's not going to go and steal a pie from the Ewoks, you know? So it's helpful to have yeah. that little go between there. I think I have to say, yeah. I remembered, yeah, uh, I remembered the, when, when the Dulocs are in the water and they're washing with the other kind of soap that attracts bugs and they go under the water and they have like the little straw that they're trying to breathe out of. That was like, oh, I remember this. Like, I remember that from childhood, like from seeing this episode. And, and they all fly in. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I remember because I used to think like, oh, what a great idea. And then that happened. I was like, well, darn it. There's nothing you can do if bees attack you when you're in the water. So that just, and that was, it was fun. Like, it's uh, a childhood poo, memory right? for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Spitting them all out like Winnie yep. the Pooh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, well, then then let's... Uh, why don't we rate it, then? How many yub-nubs do you give this episode? Sally, you're our guest. What do you think? Yes, yeah. How many yub-nubs out of what? Out of five. Out of five. Five yub-nubs. Out of five. <laughs> give this... Well, so, yeah, I only have the two episodes. I'd give this a 4.5 yub-nubs. Wow. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right, Steve, what about you? I, I, um... I'm close to that. I, I, I think... I, I gave the first one a 4.5 mm-hmm. because I liked how it linked to Battlefront Endor and Caravan of Courage. And this one kind of did too, but it did it was a it was a rinse and repeat I think of the first yeah. as far as like plot line. So I I'd, I'd give this one like a 3.8, I think. Yeah. I think it I, hit all the things, but it just was like, ugh, it could have I agree. I, else. I'm coming in you at know. a three, but I think I think it's because of the order that we watch it in. You know, I think I think probably the yeah. the ratings would be the exact opposite if I watched them in the order that Sally did. Yeah, it just didn't it didn't do That's as much true, for yeah. me. There was still some uh, there were still some moments you know that I liked. Should we talk Ichiwawa moments? Yeah, let's. Uh, oh man, for me uh, the Ichiwawa moment was the uh, the the magical top, low gray's magical top. That okay. was you know like a. I did like a double take and I had to like rewind it's back. the first time because I was yeah. like, oh, I recognize that. And then I didn't remember which movie it was from. Mm-hmm. So I had to look it up. I felt like adult, like spinning. Top <laughs> you should have just Ewok listened to movie. our, you should have just listened to this podcast, listen to the back episodes. Uh, there's no gliders. You, no you do, gliders. You do yeah. get some glider action in the opening credits, but no gliders were used in this episode. So, so that's disappointing for me personally. <laughs> My Ichiwama moment, I have to give it to Wicket scooping up the the liquid and poking holes, and then like Indiana Jones style swinging over it. I like that. I like the Ewok ingenuity, and I I saw it there. What about you, Sally? Yeah. What's your moment in this episode? I mean, I I like that when they open the bugs, the bug sacks, mm. and let them loose. Mm-hmm. I felt like yeah. <laughs> get them. Get them. Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we were like ah yes. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. You yep. know, I thought first seeing that, I thought they were when the when the young Ewoks were like, "Oh yeah, bugs always fly around them." And then low gray, you like look into the forest and you see all the glowing bugs. And I thought, "Oh, that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna like they're gonna just they're just oh, gonna watch the glowing follow bugs, the bugs. Yeah. Follow like these you know husks like just invisible husks." And then it turned out to be something yeah. you know, completely. Well, that would have been clever. You know, there had to have been a plan. Yeah, like a clever plan mm-hmm. was devised as well. But I thought, well, that would have been a cool idea if they integrated it that way somehow, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, I would have liked that. Steve, you, you got a new one on here. What's what's our negative one? Uh, Okavark. The Okavark <laughs> moment. <laughs> and did, do you where, have an Okavark where, this time? I don't, you know, it's it's funny. Your your um Ichiwawa moment, the uh the sack. I feel like is Mike Okavar because oh, okay. that was the uh, oh they should have just done that the whole time. <laughs> well, that's true. That's definitely true. They should have. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I guess terrible. mine's kind of oh. the same because for me, it comes back to the soap. Like, why are you taking the time to put them into soap bars anyway? If all you're gonna yeah. do is turn them back to liquid to cover the trees, so that's a, that's a dumb moment. Sally, what's yours? You know, this is maybe a dumb, dumb moment. Um, but when he jumps into the berry bush to get a berry to see if invisible ones taste like real ones, yeah. I was like, well, how does he know how to find them? They're invisible. Oh. And then I was like, <laughs> oh. obviously, like, I, 
I've like let myself believe the rest of this episode, but like that moment, I was like, no. That's I mean, he can't much. find them anymore. Yeah. 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 No. You just hear him like running into things, and then yeah. he finally comes out, and he's like, yeah, he's got it. You know, he's like, got it. Would have been perfect. Yeah. He probably wasn't even tasting it. He just made it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what uh... and they do? <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. Maybe he was just lying. That's Eddie Walk ingenuity yeah, right there. Uh, yeah, Steve, do you think that we had a, a moral lesson this time around? There definitely was. I think okay. it was. Uh, so Lowgrace said it right, outright. He said, "Thieves never prosper," and I, mm. I think that is like you look at like the Dulocks. They wanted to steal the soap. You look at Morag wanted to steal the the Sunberry trees, and you know, in the end, it may have been difficult for the Ewoks, but in the end. You know, uh, Morag did not get what she wanted, mm -hmm. and neither did the Dulocks, yeah. right? It ended up, um, you know, blowing up in their face, I guess, really, with the with the wrong soap. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you I know, think... I think that was the I think that was the moral of that episode for sure. And doesn't Lograde just say right out that like if they would have just asked for the soap to keep the bugs away, we would have yes. given it to them. You know, we would have given it to them, and that's so... really like. In, in, at the very beginning, I even I even felt that when the Dulocks were looking at the Ewoks bathing, and they were like, "They don't they don't give it to us." And I thought, well, "You never you never asked." Like you know, you could just be like, "Yo, can we have some of that soap too?" You know. So I, I thought that it was kind of funny, and then it did come full circle with, you know, with that aspect. So it just it, yeah, I think that's I think that's the the moral. You know, All right, thieves thieves never prosper. Okay, just well, asked. I've learned. I know I've learned a lesson this yeah. time around. <laughs> Sally, I know you're just coming out of a big family vacation with lots of kids running around. Uh, next time you're on a big family vacation with lots of kids running around, do you see yourself putting on the Ewoks cartoon? Is this is this something you could see a world in which you'd revisit it? I feel like I would, actually. Really? I mean, like I said, it smacks of the 80s, and I feel like cartoons were better then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree. Um, they wow, were. you guys sound yeah. so old. Okay. They just don't make them like they used to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. As a they child of the yeah. 80s and 90s, I just feel like they're better. They're better. Hmm. And I mean, I think that this is, for all its like faults and silliness, I think that this is actually a pretty well-written cartoon. Hmm. And so I enjoyed it. You know, okay. I'd have fun watching it with a kid because it still has like complex enough writing or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Sally, was there a moment yeah. watching this or the first episode, either one, where you were like, oh, Star Wars, you know, like, was there a moment of connection there where something happened and you were like, yeah, that feels right? Well, so in well, so I watched this one first yeah. and that when they have that the monster in the the pond, the hippo monster the hippo thing, yeah, that was actually a moment where I was like, this feels like a very Star Warsy kind of yeah. monster. Yeah, I get that. Um, and I would say in the first one, the hang gliding hardcore yep. reminds you yep. that you're in stuff. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Little Return of the Whatever Jedi action there. Did. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, well, hey, thanks to our guest, Sally Jacoby Murphy. Uh, come back. So well, next Thank time, you. maybe we'll find one that's actually spooky so you can put your uh, your Halloween skills. I know they're doing a new Lego Halloween star wars special so maybe we'll have to have you back Ooh. for that one because that's you know there we go that's right up your alley but uh you and listeners alike can join us next time as we discuss season one episode three rampage of the flogs i can't wait to listen <laughs> there we go <laughs>
This Enduring Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Endorian Life. And please rate, subscribe, and share this show wherever you get your podcasts.